Praise the Lord. Are you glad to hear such mighty testimonies of what God can do in our lives? Amen. Uh, can we rise on our feet for a minute just to praise God? We sing the song, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. If you know that, please join, join together and let us just worship the Lord because God is a God of blessings. He pours upon our lives blessings. You got that on the screen? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, year below. Praise Him above afternoon, lifting up our hearts to you, and at the mention of that name we ask you that you will minister to us this afternoon, Lord God. Father, we don't believe in any other name but the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Father, we want to mention that name one more time, Jesus. Set us free today, Lord. Jesus, heal us. Jesus, have mercy upon us today. We cry out to you. And we call out, Jesus, hear us today. We are desperate for you, Lord God. We pray that as your word goes forth, Father, I pray it will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent forth today. Just the mention of your name. Minister to us. Minister to us, Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in your house today. Have your way in our hearts today. We want the transformation. We are hungry for you. In Jesus' most precious and exalted name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. 
29 days ago, I went on vacation. The day I landed, my brother met me at the airport. We went to my house. We kept the baggages at home. And as usual, you know, I always mention one word at the pulpit, biryani. And I told my brother I want to eat biryani. Because there's a very special restaurant. And I'm crazy about it. And he says, let us go. So my brother, his wife, we all got together. We went to this restaurant. I was hungry because traveling. And after having food, I told him that I was very tired. I said, can I rest for two hours and we will meet at five o'clock. That's what I told him. We will meet at five o'clock. Just give me two hours rest. And at five o'clock, I get a call saying, come quickly. Your brother's having chest pain. So we rushed my brother to the hospital and the doctor said, you brought him right in time. There's about 90% heart blockage. Yeah, I was going for a vacation for a different reason. And God had a different re- way to do things. <clears throat> it so happened that the operation had to be done immediately. And we thank God. I seen my brother who was a very strong person, who had no fear for anything. I was sharing with my brother... Sudhir the other day. He had no fear of anything. I'll give you a small example just to show you he had no fear. There was a funeral that took place. The body was buried about three months ago and the grave digger did not know that the, the person was buried there. And when they, when they dug up the grave to bury another person, the body was still fresh. And my brother seen it. And there was no fear. I'm trying to show you there was no fear. But the man who went into the theater and came out, came with total fear. Fear gripped him when he came out. And I seen a different person at this time. And then the Lord ministered to me of today's message. I got my message while sitting in that hospital looking. Because my brother seen every time that before he could go into the theater, they brought a person, before they can reach the I say you room or whatever be the, the first room that you go for your checkup, they died. He comes out of the theater. As he comes out and he's recovering, another person, before you can even enter the ward, dies. So he sees death all around him. And I see the same person who had no fear. Fear gripped him and he was a changed person. And the Lord gave me a message at that time. And the title of my message today is, Look, I'm coming soon. Are you ready? Are you ready? And I said, Lord, thank you. In the deepest heart, when you are in darkness, when you are struggling, when you go through so many questions, God ministers to you. Faith, healing, restoration. And a question I want to ask you this afternoon. That's a promise. We've heard Brother Lakin say about promises We heard our brother talk about promises, and that's the promise that he has made. Behold, I am coming. The question is, are we ready in the church? We are coming week after week, month after month. We are lifting up holy hands. We are doing all that is required. Everything that is required, we are doing. The question is, are you ready? We have our baggages. We want to go on vacation. We go to the airport, we, have, we dress up, we have a bath, we take our baggages, we go to the airport, and when we go to the airport, the question is, 
Are you ready to board that flight if you don't have a ticket or a visa to go to the next country? The question is, is Jesus our Lord and is He our Savior? And that's your passport, and that's your ticket, and that's your visa. We are coming to church, but we are not ready for His return. Revelation 22. Revelation 22. The Bible says in verse 12 and 20. Look, Behold. Yes, my brother. Thank you. I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Amen. One minute. Behold. I am coming soon. That was a promise that he has made. And I am coming what? Soon. And what do I have with me when I come? I have a reward. Amen? Yes, brother. He who testifies Mm -hmm. to these things says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Amen? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. The second coming of Christ is given a great deal of importance in the Bible. There are more prophecies in the Old Testament about his second coming than his first coming. Do you know that? There are more prophecies. There are around 1,845 references about his second coming in the Bible. 1,845 references about his second coming. There are about 318 verses in the New Testament that talks about his second coming. Of which, that means... They have said, looking at through the computer, that means out of every 25 verses, there is a mention of a second coming. We need to study the scripture very deeply to see. He is coming. He is coming. 23 out of 27 books in the New Testament refers about his coming. 23 out of 27 in the New Testament alone refers about his second coming. We as Christians, we as children of God, we read so much about it. But are we prepared for His coming? On that day, on that day, for many people, this event will be a shocking event. For many people. We heard Brother Leslie talk about it some time back. Very, something very similar. To many people, this will be a shocking event. To those who do not know Him and obey Him, This will be a sad reality. A very sad reality for those who have not obeyed and walked in His ways. To the saved, this will be a sweet reality. To the saved. But to all, to all the categories, this will be a sure reality. Amen? This is going to be a sure reality. Now, you have to find out in which category are you going to fall in. That's the question tonight, this afternoon. Which of these four categories are you going to fall in? Is it going to be a shocking reality? Is it going to be a sad reality? Will it be a sweet reality? Or is it going to be a sure reality? Where are you going to be in? That's the question you have to ask yourselves this afternoon. Today I'll be looking at four aspects about the second coming. That's what we're going to do as the Lord gives us grace upon us for us to study scriptures. Four aspects. Number one. Yes, my sister. The promise of a second coming. We look at the promise of a second coming. Number two, we look at the purpose of a second coming. Number three, we are going to look at the period of a second coming. And number four, we look at the preparation of a second coming. So these are the four areas that this afternoon 
we are going to ponder on the word of God and see what the Lord has in store for us as bread of life. Amen? Number one, the promise of the second coming. That's number one, the promise. Jesus promised about his second coming. If you turn to John chapter 14 verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am with you mm. may be also. Amen. A different translation says when everything is ready, when everything I'm going, and when everything I've got ready, I will come and get you. And husband tells his wife, we'll get married, and when everything is ready, I will bring you to Oman. God says, I'm going, I'll get everything ready. Till the last person that has to be called, and then I will call you. The, number one, we see that Jesus promised it. Number two, the angels predicted his second coming. One, Jesus said it. Number two, the angels predicted his second coming. Acts chapter 1 verse 11. Men of Galilee, mm. they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And here we see that the angels now predicted. Jesus predicted his second coming. The angels, the third, the apostles preached about the second coming. Third, all the apostles, very especially, we look at 1 Thessalonians verse, chapter 4, verses 16 to 17. We see Paul preached about the second coming. For the Lord Himself, for the Lord Himself, will come down from heaven. Will come down from heaven with a loud command. Number one, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel. Yes, and with the trumpet call of God. With the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. You seen that? Yes, my brother. After that, after that, we who are still alive, we. Brother of life, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Amen. Those who are still alive in Christ. All of you who have finished the uh, mind of Christ, can you see your hands? Very few. Mine. 75% of the church have not finished mind of Christ. How does God speak? Number one. through number one number one the most important thank you so today we are speaking his word I'm not going to do preaching I'm not come here to make you happy I'm going to speak his word and his word will reveal things amen God will reveal things to you through his word so we see that brother one more uh, reference 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, mm. I tell you a mystery. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, mm. but we shall all be changed. Amen. Now, then, now we see that Paul was saying that. Now in, we find the apostles James, John and Peter explicitly talks about a second coming in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Yes, my dear friends. Behold, we yes. are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. When he appears, we shall be 
like him. Amen? May that be your portion in Jesus' name. I want you to tell your neighbor, when he appears, you will be like him. And that will be your portion in Jesus' name. We've seen the promise of the second coming, number one. The second one, we're going to see the purpose of the second coming. Why is Jesus coming? We need to know. He has promised it. Good. Now, what is the purpose of his second coming? And we are going to look at five that I've taken out from the scripture. There are more. If you study, you'll find more purposes. But I've looked at five purposes that we could see. Why is he coming? Number one, to fulfill his promise and the prophecies which are in the word. Number one, to fulfill his promises and the prophecies which he has made. Now, let me ask you a question. We have all made promises, am I right? Has anybody not made a promise? Yeah, we have all made promises. Especially, when is the first time you made a promise? Now, oh, everyone's sleeping now. When was the first time you made a promise? Somebody said something here. Thank you. Oh, praise God. The first time that you made a promise was your marriage. And what's the, what's the promise you made to your wife? Ta-da. I like this. When you ask, it's all secret. Very, very secretive. You made a promise to love her, correct? And how to love her? Sacrificial. The Bible says you should love your neighbor as your? Then how should you love your wife? As yourself. Let me ask. I'm going to throw something at you. Um, how many of you bought a telephone recently? How many of you bought a telephone recently? Thank you, brother. I'm not going to find fault with you. I'm just trying to throw this. Now, if you love your wife the way you love yourself, or I love Sudhir the way I love myself, okay? If I bought this phone, and I love this phone, how am I loving Sudhir? The way I love myself. Correct? How am I supposed to love my wife? Thank you! Buying her the same phone. We buy 110 real phone, and the wife gets 30 real phone. My daughter waited for me and she said, Papa, while I was in India, I'm waiting for you to come. Ruth, I love you. And she said, Papa, I'm waiting for you to come. I said, what happened? I want a phone. So in my mind, 30 real. This is truth. I'm not lying. I don't want to speak something that I don't do. Okay, for me, 30 real. And when I came, she said, Papa, the phone is 110 real. I said, don't talk like that. 110 real. What's wrong with you? And I had a fight from the airport, almost uh, somewhere up to Gobra. I was arguing at last. I said, stop it. No more. I don't want to hear it. 30 real. Okay. Since you argue so much, 40 real. <laughs> I had Omani discount. 40 real. And then, while preparing the message, do I love Ruth the way I love my own body? Husbands? When you bought something, do you buy your wife the same thing? Ask yourself this question. And we say, I love you with the love of the Lord. I want you to ponder over this and think of it. Wives, you made a commitment that you will honor your husband on the wedding day. Do you still honor him? If I ask your husband, he will tell me, brother, get me a room in your house. I will stay with you. It's true. But Jesus has made promises and he will fulfill it. Amen? In his name. 
Revelation 22, that's what we read. We don't have to read it again. Revelation 22, verses 12 and 20 says, Behold, I am coming. That's a promise Jesus has made. I am coming. Brethren, there are hundreds of prophecies, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, concerning the second coming of Christ. For those of you who are sleeping, say hallelujah. I got you. I got you. I knew it will work. Shame on me. Not on you. Shame on me. I'm not keeping you alive. See? Be careful. Don't let the enemy make you sleep. Don't let. If you miss this message, you're going to miss something very valuable. Please, I beg you, in the name of Jesus, don't miss it. My brothers and sisters, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, my brother. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. See, the dead in Christ will rise. Be careful, not those who are believers, not those who come and sing in the choir, not those in Friday school, those who are in Christ. Amen. And I pray that will be a portion in Jesus' name. Let us look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Yes, my brother. Listen. I tell you a mystery. Yes, brother. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Hmm. In a flash. In a flash. In the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet. So that means there will be several trumpets. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Amen. So when I was, when I was pondering over this, why did it say the last trumpet? That means, have you ever heard a bugle that gives a morning call? I lived, I lived near a camp, an, a, a police camp, and every morning I heard the bugle. It is very, very strange. These guys know exactly what each bugle is for. And there are different notes in the bugle. They know, okay, that means there's something for that. It's the same way when the trumpet call, the dead in Christ will hear it. And in a twinkling of an eye, when the note changes, the ones who are alive gets translated immediately. There's a trumpet call. And that's what we have to look for and wait to see when that call is going to come. And brethren, we have to be very careful, very watchful over this. The next point is, Jesus is coming to reward all God's people. To reward all God's people. Tell your neighbor, I pray that Jesus will reward you. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. The Bible says Jesus will come in His glory in His Father with all His angels and they will and then reward everyone according to His according to His works. Matthew chapter 16 verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory Amen. with His angels. With His angels. And then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Yes, another translation says He will judge all the people according to their deeds. Another verse, in, in Revelation 22, verse 12, it says that He will reward 
He will reward you. So there is a reward. There is a time for rewards to be given to us. For those who are in Christ. Amen. The second coming of Christ will bring judgment. Here is a very dangerous path. The second coming of Christ will bring judgment. Yes, my sister. Three categories I've seen there. Number one, the first judgment will be on the saved. The second judgment will be on the disobedient. And the third will be a permit, the revelation of the Antichrist. When Jesus comes, the second coming, the judgment that he's going to do. Number one, to the saved, it's found in John chapter 5, verses 28 to 29. If you have brought your books, I would, I would encourage you, take notes. Take notes. Go prepared that you will be able to speak God's word when you have an opportunity. Yes, my brother, 5, 28, 29. Do not be amazed at this. Mm. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves mm. will hear his voice. Amen. Those and who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, brother. And come out. Mm. Those who have done what is good will rise to leave. Amen. Another translation, one minute, brother. Another translation says, those who have done good will rise to eternal life. Here's your reward. The ones who are in Christ Jesus will rise to eternal reward. Number one, uh, to the disobedient. Turn to 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, 8, brother. Now we've seen to the saved as a reward. And now we see the reward, the judgment for the disobedient. Those who were in Christ, walked in Christ, but somewhere down the line have gone their own way. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, 8. Yes, brother. And to grant gr- relief to, tho- to you who are afflicted as well as to us. To those who are persecuted, there will be a time of rest for you in Jesus' name. Continue, brother. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels mm-hmm. in flaming fire. Okay. Inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. One minute. Bringing judgment on those who do not know God. Judgment on those who do not know God, yes. And on those who, who do not obey the gospel of our Lord you Jesus. You see that judgment there? Number one, for those who do not know God. Number two, for those who rebel, the rebellious ones against the good news. Now I was looking at this and something came to my mind. You remember Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 5 verse 2? You have the scripture with you brother. Exodus chapter 5, anyone has it, can you read it quickly? Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. But Pharaoh said, uh-huh. Who is the Lord? Who is this Lord? That I should obey his voice. That I should obey him. Pharaoh was an arrogant man. And he said, who is this Jesus? Who is this Lord you're talking about? That I should obey him? He is an arrogant person. Yes, brother. And let Israel go. Hmm. I do not know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. You see that? That is the first type. Those who do not, they don't want to know the God. They don't want to know the Messiah. The second example is uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 3. Romans 10 3. It talks about the ignorant of God's righteousness. Anybody has it? Romans 10 verses 3 says, Since they did not know the righteousness of God. Another translation is for being ignorant of the righteousness of God. And sought to establish their own. And they, what they did? They established their own righteousness. Not the righteousness of what God wants, but their own righteousness. They say, now this is what I consider as righteousness. They, they surpass God's righteousness with their own doing. 
Yes, my brother. They did not submit to God's righteousness. They did not submit because they think, I will do this, this is what is required, this will surpass, this is sufficient, I can make it to heaven. But not the righteousness of what God requires in the word. Because they, they took their own righteousness and surpassed that with God's righteousness. The third one is the revelation of the Antichrist. The second coming of Jesus brings judgment for the revelation of Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 7 and 8. For the mystery of lawlessness hmm. is already at work. Ah, you see, the lawlessness is already at work where? Secretly. The Antichrist is working secretly. Yes, my brother. Only he who now restrains it. Ah. Who is restraining this work of the Antichrist? The Holy Spirit. Because he is still here, Antichrist is not revealed. Yes, my brother. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. The day of the rapture. When the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit will come along. He will come along and at that time, the doors are open for the lawless one to, to show forth himself. The first three years, very nice. He will not be revealed as the lawless one. He will be revealed as a deliverer. He will be re- revealed as a savior. He will be revealed as the only man that can bring peace. But after the three and a half years, there comes a change. A total change. Yes, my brother. And then the lawless one will be revealed, mm-hmm. whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth Amen. and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. Amen. Christ comes to bring judgment. Our God is an awesome God. Amen. Can we sing that song? Because I want to sing the song because I could see a little eyes closing a little bit. So let's, can we stand on our feet? And we will sing the song. Our God, awesome God, He reigns from heaven above in wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He In wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. He reigns. He reigns. He reigns. He reigns. Our God is an awesome God. Our God, our God, He 
not scold you if you are sleeping. But I will make you rise and sing to the glory of God. Amen? Because I love you. Our God is an awesome God. The last point of the purpose of His second coming is to establish His kingdom on earth and to reign forever. To establish His kingdom on earth. If you turn to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Mm. The heavens will disappear with a roar. Mm. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. We see that the earth will have a renovation. Not at the beginning, but at the end. There will be a, re a renovation that is going to take place. Everything that is there is going to be destroyed by fire because there is something new has to be made. If you remember, if you had an old gold chain or a broken chain of gold, if you take it to the blacksmith, he has to first burn it. It has to melt in order to make something new. The same thing will go with all the elements in heaven. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven. Then and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Mm. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And the sea was no more. If you notice very carefully in the scripture, all these things will be changed. Everything of old will go. Do you know you will have a new name also? Blank looks. Wonderful. You will have a new name given to you. Do you know that? We will all not be called the same name. We will have a new name. Because you will have a transformed body. You will have a translated, a beautiful body. And a beautiful name will be given to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Dan, Daniel chapter 7 verse 14, brother. Daniel chapter 7. He was given authority. He was given authority. We see now, first number one, authority is given. Yes, number two. Glory. Glory. In other words, translation says honor. Yes, brother. And sovereign power. And sovereign power is given to him. Yes. All nations and peoples of every language worship him. All nations. You see this? There will come a day that every nation, every language, every prayer that you are making, one day will bow to that name that is above every other name. Amen. Your prayers will be answered in Jesus' name. Every nation is going to bow to him and just proclaim that he alone is Lord. Amen? Yes, brother. His dominion is an everlasting ah, dominion. His rule, what he rules will be an everlasting, not for a short period, but forever. No time. Time cannot be consumed in that. Everlasting. Yes, brother. That will not pass away. And it will never pass away. Yes. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Amen. We are going to live in a kingdom that will never be destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. I've seen three aspects in this passage when I was meditating upon it. Number one, Christ will receive a kingdom at his second advent, not at the rapture. Christ will receive a kingdom at his second advent. That's what we read. Matthew chapter 24 verses 29, 31. Quickly, brother. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, mm. the sun will be darkened mm. and the moon will not give its light mm. and the stars will fall from heaven mm. and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Mm. Then will appear in heaven Amen. the sign of the Son of Man. Amen. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. 
and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and Amen. great glory Amen. and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect his elect will be gathered at the last trumpet call where to reign in his kingdom at the second advent number 2 second aspect is kingdom will be an eternal kingdom not a short one every king in the world is only for a short time as a ruler he does not know when his rule will end you know that if he goes to bed he does not know if he is going to reign to the next day but his kingdom will be forever amen and you and i are going to be a part of that kingdom that is the most beautiful thing we don't have to think that tomorrow this government is going to go and i won't have a job we will all be in his kingdom for eternity the greatest news amen third point the third aspect is subjects who are the subjects you and me will be an eternal generation of natural people who will continue the program that adam was supposed to continue adam had a program that he had to do that was failed but you and i will be a part of it to continue what was stopped eternally forever amen nothing can deceive us nothing can take us away we are going to be in that kingdom praise god amen the third the period of the second coming the period and this is the most the biggest problem of the present century of of all centuries i could say the period people are always wondering when where they have so much trouble mark chapter 13 was 32 but about that day or how one one minute about that day number 1 number 2 or hour or hour yes no one knows no one knows continue brother not even the angels in heaven mm-hmm. nor the son nor the son but only the father only the father when jesus gave this prophecy he told them that even he did not know the hour why did jesus say that and if you look at the chaos that is happening right now the one thing that he says not to know is that one thing is what everyone wants to know don't spit here that's the place we will spit it's it feels good i seen a brother just now while driving to church while he was coming he came through the wrong entry and i told brother somuil can you imagine that he is going to church wrong entry entering the church not through the left to the right where you go out and i went fast i knocked the door and i opened it and says are you a christian you are going to god's house going to god's house in all the wrong ways what we tell children of god not to do we love to do but this is great joy that i outwit the other person the point jesus was making here is it is foolishness to try to set date concerning my return don't do it if you are in a congregation in your pastor says tomorrow even if sorry pastor abram even tomorrow pastor abram says jesus is coming don't go he won't do it i know that i love him he won't don't go whoever tells you tomorrow i i did calculation and he's coming don't go he has we have people have never stopped setting dates i want to show you 
Christians and non-Christians are very much into this. Setting dates of when he is going to come. William Miller set a date in 21 March 1844. He said that Jesus is going to come. They waited for 21st March. Jesus didn't come. He was taking a nap. So then William Miller said, made another date. He says, no, he's not coming now. He's going to come on 22nd October 1944. He decided that Jesus is having a nap. So he's going to come another date. Edgar Wishnut, he also wrote 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. He wrote a book. 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. Jesus didn't come. He set a date. September 11th, September 12th, September 13th. Ben Laden would have heard that fellow saying that. 11th, 12th, 13th, he said the day that Jesus is going to come. It never happened. And then Edgar made another date. He said, no, 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 he's going to come in 1989. All along we see most of people make speculation as to why he's going to come, when he's going to come. You remember in 2001st January, there was a chaos. Everyone said, oh, computers are going to go. Who knows he's going to come? Even believers would have been traveling, bank accounts closed, everything ready. Maybe this is, could be true. All those things. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, I will come as a thief. Thank you, congregation. You are paying attention. I won't make you sing again. But till the end. The Bible does describe several events about a second coming. Okay? But today I am not going to talk about those signs. Today's message is not about the signs. God willing, another day I'll talk about the signs, but today not about the signs. The first century Christians, how did they greet each other? 1 Corinthians 16.22. How did the first century Christians greet one another? Yes, brother. If anyone does not love the Lord, does not have a friendly affection for him, is not kindly disposed to him, he shall be as cursed. Our Lord will come. Maranatha. They greeted one another. Maranatha. Lord, come Lord Jesus. Amen? Brethren, if the first century Christians greeted one another, come Lord Jesus, what should be our attitude? It should be the same. We should come when we should live like today is our last day. Okay? Today is our last day. Tell your wife, make the best meal today. And tell her every day, maybe today is our last day. Can you make another meal today? Every day you'll have biryani. And then your wife will one day send all of you all to my house. We should live as if today is our last day. Our bag should be packed. No, all the gold first thing will go into the bag. Don't be doing that, please. When I say your bags are packed, your children to be ready along with you. My last point. We have 15 minutes. The preparation for a second coming. I'm going to see a checklist. I'm going to, I love putting checklists in my congregation. We're going to see a checklist as to the preparation for a second coming. Okay? Now, number one, what is the preparation that you and I need to have in order to be prepared for the Lord's coming? And the first point is a life of holiness and righteousness. I want you to examine, as we are going to talk about these seven points, it's a time of self-examination. I want you to be very careful. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, my brother. But as he who called you is holy. Number one, the one who is calling you, he is holy. Yes. You also be holy in all your conduct. In all the other translations, in everything you do, be holy. Everything. 
When you love your wife, be holy in loving her. When you correct your children, in holiness you correct your children. Not in wrath, not in anger. When you rebuke somebody, in holiness you must do it. With godliness in your life and not with anger. Yes, brother. Since it is written, Since it is written, You shall be holy, because for I am holy. For I am holy. Number one is, a life of holiness is what is required for us to make that trip when he comes. Number two is Luke chapter 1 verse 75. Luke chapter 1 verse 75. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. You see that? It says in all the days, not only on Friday from 12 to 2, but all the days of our life we have to live in holiness and righteousness. Number two, a life of prayer and watchfulness. Number one, holiness and righteousness. Number two, a life of prayer and watchfulness. Brother, Luke chapter 21, 33, 36. Be always on the watch. Ah, another translation says, watch. Mm-hmm. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that's you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Praise God. The Bible says, number one is, watch. Number two, pray. That means look and pray. You know what is asking us to watch? What is happening around us? Our, our watching is, if I have my daily food, if I have Toyota Corolla or Mercedes Benz, we are only watching for those things. But the Bible says, watch. Watch what is happening around you. The ones who are perishing, the ones who do not know Jesus, watch for those things. Pray for those things. Those are the things we do. My third point is a life of faith. It's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. Hebrews 10, 37, 38 says, For yet a little while, mm. and the coming one will come and will not delay. He will come and he will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. Amen. So tell your brothers, you shall live by faith. And may that also be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. We all want our brothers to live in faith. And we don't live in faith at all. If he is not living in faith, Pastor Abraham, our brother is not living in faith. What about you? I don't know. About me, I will pray today. I will look up about myself tomorrow. But it says, watch. Yes, my brother. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. 18 verse 8. Verse 8. I tell you that I he... Tell, yes. I tell you, he will see that they get justice mm. and quickly. Mm. Justice How, and quickly. However, mm. when the Son of Man comes, yes, it. will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith? When he says, will he find faith on the earth, will he find faith in me? That's a question. When things go well, we all have good faith. The moment something goes wrong, a child becomes sick, our faith has gone down the toilet. And even flushed also. No faith. But then we start calling everybody around us for their faith. Where is your faith? No, my faith is down the toilet today. Everything well? Beautiful faith. Hallelujah faith. It's a sad thing. A life of fellowship. Here is a nice point. A life of fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 25, my brother. Not neglecting to meet together. Not neglecting to meet together. As is the habit of some. Ah. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day 
drawing near. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you a question today. The Bible says fellowship is important. In the last one month, how many people have you had fellowship with? How many people you called to your house for a meal in the last one month? Brother, please don't go to all those areas. Now you are touching sensitive areas, please. Fellowship for me and my household only. But here the Bible says, don't neglect fellowship. When was the last time you called somebody and said, why don't we meet for a, for a, for a cup of coffee? You are so interested about you and your family. Whether the other person goes to heaven or hell, that's not your problem. We will say, I will meet you there, don't worry. But here is, leave me alone. But the Bible says here, a life of fellowship. I want you to make it a commitment this month. At least one fellowship, please. Now don't take the cell meeting and say that we are having fellowship. No, no, no. Other than the fellowship of your get, get, getting together, you will make a commitment that this month, you will have fellowship with at least one family. I'm asking minimum one family. And the next time if this pulpit is given to me, I will question you on this. Amen? See, I never heard an amen. You see that? I am touching sensitive areas. Now no amen will come. The moment I say pray for one million dollars, amen! Brother Lakin, you will hear big amens here, Brother Lakin. When it comes for blessing, mighty amens. When it comes for rebuking, no amen. Number five, a life of perseverance. Number five, a life of perseverance. Can you read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, 37? For you have need of endurance. Ah, endurance. Another translation is you need patience. Yes, brother. So that when you have done the will of God, mm. you may receive what is promised. Amen. My brothers and sisters, we need patience. We need perseverance at home. We need perseverance to be with our wife. You know, it's not easy living with her. It's not easy. It's the most difficult thing to live with a person who is of a different thing, thought mind. That's the reason we are two different levels. It's not easy. Bear with her. Bear with her when she talks too much. Be nice with her when the curry is burnt. Be good to her when there is too much of salt. And say, baby, you are so sweet today. Why don't you taste it? It tastes nice. And don't tell her, this is the way you cook. Your mother taught you this. Don't tell her that. Say, honey, today is very sweet. Oh, she will want to taste. And when she tastes, she will say, what a nice husband I got. And she will begin to pray for you. Amen? I got five minutes. Let me quickly close. A life of readiness. It's found in no need of reading. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44 says, We should be ready all the time. All the time. Number, number seven, the last one. A life of obedience. It's found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 46. My brothers and sisters, can you read that, brother? It will be good for, it will be good for that servant. Mm. Whose master finds him doing so. Ah, whose master finds him doing what we said I did. 24 years, brother. 21 people came to the Lord. What about today? Today I'm very tired, you know. My legs are feeble. My food is not coming. All nonsense excuses. But doing God when he comes now. Jesus when he comes now. He should find you doing and not did. That's the difference between doing and did. We did mighty messages. Did. Not good enough. Doing is what is required. Amen? Yes, my brother. When he returns. Amen. Now, many of us like to brag about what we did. We like to brag about all our testimonies. 
Where is that testimony today? Why victory nights we don't have testimonies? Ask yourselves that question. When was the last time you came and testified about Jesus, what he has done? Because he has become cold in your life. Or, there is nothing happening in your life. I am sorry to be blunt with you. When was the last time you stood in this pulpit and said, to the glory of God, this is what he has done in this last one month? I want to close with a very small incident that took place during my visit. I met an 80, uh, a 90 year old man. I went to visit a friend and I met this man and I seen this man. I known him for many years because I seen this man, of, he had a lot of zeal in him. He did a lot of ministry, village ministry, hospital ministry. And while I was almost one year in the hospital, this man came to me almost every other day to visit me. And I see this person. Now I see him at the age of 90, sitting down, feeble, hands trembling, legs moving, blind, not able to see. Only with my voice he knew it was me. And I said, I spoke to him and I said, in our conversation, I said, Appa, Appa means father. I would like to ask you three questions. And he says, tell me, what is the question you want to ask me? And I said, what is the one thing you regret in your life? Here is a 96-year-old man, 90-years-old man, sorry. He says, many opportunities I threw away as a youth. Many opportunities. I'm a first-century Christian. I could have served him better, but I started to serve him only when I grew older. And when, I, when my strength was going away, only then I started to serve him. But he has been very humble to say that, because I know he was serving God. But whatever he did, he felt it, it is not worth still. I asked him, Appa, Father, what is the one thing that you are proud of? And with a smile he says, I am not proud of anything. When I got older, I knew I was doing God's will. But I am not proud of it, because I wasted so many years of my youth. I said, Father, one more question. I looked at him and I said, are you ready to meet Jesus? And I know the next time if I go, God willing, if I don't meet him, I said, he stretched forth his, ha his hand, he caught my hand. With a very frail smile, he says, son, I'm waiting to go home. I'm waiting for him to call me. It broke my heart. An old man who served God faithfully, not proud of all what he has done, but who's sitting. He says, every day my wife takes the Bible and reads it for me. I sing and I tell her what song. And he talks to his wife, whispering, because he, he can't even talk loud. He whispers to her and says, sing this song. And his wife holds his hand. And she was the first lady in my town to have sang in a radio. And then I said, Amma, would you like to sing and let us worship the Lord? What about you and me? What will be our state at the end of our journey? Will we be able to say like this man? Can we bow our heads in prayer now at this moment? I'll be calling Brother Sudhi to pray at this time. I want to ask several questions before you could pray. I want you to ponder over, please don't look at me. For the next few minutes, don't look at me. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to search your hearts. Are you living a life that is holy and righteous before God, please bow your heads. Are you a person of prayer? Is the Lord there every time that you pray? Or has He left your presence long time back? Are you a woman or a man of faith? 
or you are a person only living by sight? Do you like Christian fellowship or do you fellowship only with people that you know? Do you have patience in all the areas of your life? Are you easily angered at home? Are you, are you easily angered at your office? Are you, are you easily angered with your children? Are you ready for the rapture if it is to take place today? I want you to search your hearts and say, Can you say in your heart, yes, I am ready today? Are you living a life of obedience? Yes, brother. Or of disobedience? For those who do not know him, I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to give your life today to Jesus? Do you want to make him Lord and Savior of your life? I'm going to call upon our brother to lead us in prayer. And let us go to the Lord and ask the Lord to search our hearts today. So only the Holy Spirit can search your hearts and lead you. We've heard the gospel today. We've heard that the Lord Jesus Christ, He said He's coming. Would you want to cross over to the right side? I want to pray with you if you want to cross over. If you've been there fighting the truth, the Lord Jesus invites you over. He says, Come unto me, all ye who are weary, burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Bible says, And there indeed remains a rest, a day of rest. Would you trust in the gospel today? Would you allow God to present you blameless, faultless before the presence of his mighty power? Would you allow God to not be ashamed of you? If you are there and you want to cross over to the right side, would you acknowledge by rising up on your feet and I would pray with you. Please. D.L. Moody once said, think about it and come back tomorrow. And that night was the great Chicago fire. A lot of people lost their lives. And Moody decided that he would not allow the people to go out unless they make a decision. I plead with you today. What if the Lord were to come now? Would you be ashamed? If you're here and you want to give God the opportunity to be your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. I take it that all sitting here know the Lord Jesus as their Lord. Therefore, for the others, I request you to please be on your feet. Let's all be on our feet and begin praying.
Let's tell the Lord, Father, I want to live a life of holiness. Let's begin praying. Let's begin talking to God and saying, God, I want to live a life of holiness. I want to live a life of holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see God, says the Bible. Tell the Lord, Father, tonight I want to live a life of holiness. Beginning from now, a life of holiness. A life of prayer is what I want. Father, lift up my prayer to the next level. God, make me a watching person. Make me a person who reads the Bible. Make me a person who draws near unto you in prayer. God, I want to live holy. I want to live faithful unto you. Let's pray that we would persevere. We would persevere. Elisha wanted a double portion of the blessing, but he had to pay a price. Elijah said, if you can see me being taken, then you shall have what you desire. Are you willing to pay the price? Tell the Lord, Father, I am willing from now. From now I will pay the price. Of obedience, I will pay the price. Of watchfulness, I will pay the price. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Are you living for Christ? What does your life mean? What is the main purpose of your life? Tell the Lord, Father, put meaning into my life from this day. God, let me begin to live a meaningful life. A life for your glory. A life for your glory. Let's ask the Lord to live a holy life for His glory. Father, we want to thank You that You spoke unto us clearly this day. Lord, You reminded us that You have promised to come. Father, You've reminded us once again the purpose of Your coming. Lord, You've spoken unto us the period and you've also made us aware of the preparation. Therefore, we will not miss your coming in Jesus' name. Father, none of us will be found wanting in Jesus' name. When the trumpet is called up yonder, Lord, I will rise in Jesus' name. Because you rose, I will rise. Because you live, I will live. Lord, and I will not be ashamed. I will not be put to shame. Lord, and you shall pre present me blameless before your glorious presence. You shall present me with honor. You shall present me with exceeding joy. Lord, to you alone be glory and honor and praise and majesty and dominion and power, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, for your son that you use this day, I pray more of your grace. He will not miss your coming in Jesus' name. He who waters shall himself be watered, says your word. Therefore, Lord, Father, what he has used to bless us with, let it be his blessing as well in Jesus' name. His family will make it to heaven in Jesus' name. His generations will watch for your coming in Jesus' name. And they shall not be put to shame. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, His goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in the joy of the Lord.